Welcome to UX Maturity, where we start the conversation to increase the level of maturity of our industry. I'm Leo. And I'm Stephen. What is UX Maturity, Stephen? UX Maturity, it's, I guess, the level of um, user centricity within an organization or within a team. That's my definition of UX maturity. Yeah, so we are hoping that through through this podcast um, we can we can bring up the conversation about UX maturity and increase the awareness of it to to actually going forward as an industry. Exactly. And UX maturity because it's so broad, there's so many elements to it. The idea is to try and cover or should I say, have something for everybody. Um, so on a weekly basis, we're going to talk about different things, um, things that I guess all designers can relate to. And hopefully we can provide nuggets that allows you to implement almost immediately to kind of help shape um, the way you work or how to increase the level of your maturity within your organization. Cool. Um, so let's say that you're starting a um, new company uh, and you want to to assess the the level of UX maturity that they have, where would you where would you start? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think um, you kind of normally want to have a a look at the uh, the structure, right? Like, um, do they have researchers in place? How how you know how um, how happy are they to kind of allow you to do research, do discovery? Um, do they see it as something valuable? Um, and you also kind of want to look at the, the team itself, like how autonomous is the team in t- terms of skill across the board. You know, are they able to take a product from nothing to completion in a very kind of, um, I guess, robust way? Um, yeah, these are the kind of things that I would start with. What about you? What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think also looking at the org um, and I think where design sits and what kind of influence design has um, at, the, at, at the org level. I think uh, assessing the level of um, decision power that, um, that design has at the, at the, inside the organization can, have, can give you like a good indication on how mature um, is the organization design-wise. That's a good point, actually. Really good point. So from your perspective, Let's say um, from a UX maturity perspective, how important is it for design to have a seat at the table? Yeah, I mean, I think it's crucial, not just because I'm a designer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have, to have that seat at the table. But I think, uh, I think it's also, if a company really wants to be, um, to be competitive at the market level, they need to have a design representative at the table for, for, for that for that reason because you know they they need someone who can bring the users close to the um to to the business decisions um not many not many companies uh, have that now i mean um it's it's a uh, it's still it's still evolving we are still evolving in this and uh yeah maybe maybe a question that i have for you is um what would you do if uh, if you started a new company and you see that Designers don't have that seat at the table. What 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 are, in your opinion, the steps that that get designers there? I guess the first thing you want to find out is why, right? Because um, you know you might have a plan of getting design to the table, but 
maybe within the company or at that level, there isn't an appetite to have design at the table. I mean, I think it's it's a it's a it's a it's a good place to be in your mind when you feel like you know what, yeah, I can implement all these processes. I can get design on the table. We can start making the right choices. But sometimes the company just isn't ready for that, or they don't have the appetite, or they just feel like they're a big player in the market. They're just gonna keep doing what they're doing um, because you know they're making their money and nothing's changed. Like there's no threat, there's no compet- no competition in the market for them. So I think I normally try to understand why, and then from then I understand. I try to understand if there is an appetite for it, uh, because if there isn't an appetite, that's like it doesn't matter how hard you fight, right? Like. Um, it's just not going to happen. And if anything, it just starts to create more um, unnecessary friction within the teams. So, uh, but if there is an appetite and maybe the organization just isn't sure how to go about it, then I think it's more um, trying to make sure that design is represented in a way that engineering is represented at that table, the same way that um, product is represented. Because you would always see product and engineering, but maybe not design and design um, I think we've spoken about this before, gets bundled in usually with um, product. Um, so I guess it's more trying to have somebody or trying to have the right conversations with the decision makers to try and get somebody in who represents design at that level. And I think once we have someone at that level, then we can start kind of putting those processes in place and you know, making sure that we have um, the researchers, we're spending time on discovery, we're being more user-centric, we're getting the right processes in place and making like data-driven decisions rather than just, you know, um, making decisions because someone thinks it's the best idea, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's the way you you become more user-centric. Um, I think I think the bottom-up approach doesn't work as, as much because if, uh, uh, yeah, of course, at, at, the, at the cross-functional team level, um you can you can have a user centric approach but if uh, if at the strategy is the strategic from the strategic point of view you don't have that decision power that brings the users very very close to the to the business directions and the business strategy um then you're not really going to move the needle that much um so but i like your approach of uh yeah i would i would assess the situation and and then just basically hire someone to do it for me <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know what? Sometimes you've just got to be strategic as well. And I think the mistake that some people make as well is that when they go into new organizations, they try to kind of apply maturity to the existing um, structure. And what I mean by that is that when you go into a company, you normally see two work streams. You have one work stream where they're basically um, handling the low-hanging fruits, so just kind of doing things that keep the lights on, right? Like the smaller projects, optimizing journeys, and those kind of things. And then on the other stream, you have like the bigger projects. So these are, okay, what does this product look like? What does it look like five years from now? Like, let's start thinking about that process. And I think that it's a lot easier to apply maturity to a bigger initiative than the smaller ones, because the smaller ones, it's almost like you're constantly arguing the value of, you know, <laughs> why we need to do this and we need to do this. But I think... If they have a vision and you help them craft that vision from a kind of a user-centric perspective, I think that's more powerful because then it's almost like it doesn't affect what they deem as their bread and butter. You're not trying to change what's going on right now, but you're putting the building blocks in place to potentially implement um, kind of the right processes at a later stage. So sometimes we have to pick our battles and be a little bit more strategic as well. 
Yeah, good point. Um, if I, if I think about the different steps that you can take, if you are, for example, um, if if the design team is quite small uh, and it's a relatively new company, so you actually see that there is an opportunity there because maybe from from the leadership um, the leadership group they they kind of want to get design involved but they they haven't done it yet. I think a good a good way to do it is also building relationships with uh, with the people in the leadership group, but also with the people in the other disciplines, and sh- like bring them along the way of the design process to to show the potential that they can they can get they can obtain by having design um, at that level. And and I think uh, yeah, I think this is getting actually trickier now that you know a lot of companies are working remotely. So yeah, how do you feel about that? I think that's that's a good question. That's a good question. And I, I will even add to it. I think um, relationships are, of course, very important because that's how you build trust. And when you build trust, then um, people have more confidence in you to make those decisions, right? Um, I think, yeah, being like working from, well, working remotely is definitely very, very challenging because it's difficult to build trust, you know, over the internet. <laughs> it's a lot easier when you're in the same room over the same whiteboard, having the same conversations and just generally interacting you know just randomly or just saying how you know how are you like how was your weekend that kind of stuff you know that's how you build trust and you build a relationship but online you almost have to you have to overcompensate you have to go the extra mile you have to ensure that you're constantly in touch with people you have to maybe conduct more workshops than you normally would if you were you know face to face with somebody and um yeah, I mean, it's just it's just more of what doing more of what you would do when you were when you were in the same space as them. I think it's super super challenging. I don't think anybody has cracked it simply because it's just not it's not a natural way to build a relationship. So I think everyone's trying to find um, ways around it. You know, tools like Zoom, great. You know, Miro, Mural. Um, I heard Figma actually brought out a new tool as well, actually. Yeah. Figma Jam. Yeah, Fig Jam. Yeah, Fig Jam. So I think people recognize that, you know, the state that we're in now is going to be the norm for some time. So yeah. I think um, companies are going to be a bit more creative around, okay, how how can we help people collaborate better? You know, what are the tools that we can empower, that we can give them to empower them to ensure that they're building the right relationships? So, um I think there'll be new tools coming out that will help this process. But yeah, for for now, it still remains a very challenging thing to do. But what I would say is that the main thing is just just maintain the relationship, you know, maintain communication and just do more of what you were doing when you were in the same space. You know what I was thinking, actually, the other day, um, because I was I was uh, planning for a design offsite. Uh, I was thinking before... It was it was easier because uh, in some companies I worked on on uh, we we had some sort of a design corner. Yeah. Um, we we would put like different artifacts in there, some personas or um, some user journeys that we were working on, experience maps, you know, all these um, UX stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the thing that used to happen is that someone from another department, the director of product, or Sometimes he also also like CEO, you know, um, they were they were working w- walking um, around uh, around the office and kind of stopped at the design corner and there was a designer there and then just asked, uh, started asking questions like, oh, what is this? 
and say, oh, you know, this is the, I don't know, acquisition journey that we are looking at. And they start to, to see the value uh, of that. And they start to be really engaged in the design process because they see them, they see that there with their own eyes. And that's, that's actually an opportunity for you as a designer to, to then take it to the next level and see, you know, if you're interested in this journey, you should probably participate to, to our next workshop and, and contribute to make it better for users. Um, and, and now it's actually tricky, but what we try to do um, at, my, at my current company is we, we kind of replicated a design corner on, on, a, on a Figma file, which, which is shared with the entire organization. Uh, like you have the different pages with the different teams, um, like everything in one file. Otherwise, it gets you know too too complicated, and then it, you just stick stuff to the wall, <laughs> <That's super laughs> like the cool. virtual like wall. Like yeah, yeah, so I you like ha that. you have like different screenshots, different uh, user journeys, different um, like prototypes embedded, and uh, and it's visible to to the entire organization, and we present it to. Uh, to like um, monthly company meetings, um, so people start are starting to get curious and starting to to have a look at those things and and I got I got people engaged with me like sent me a, a message on Slack and say yeah you know I, I saw that you're working on this I actually know quite a lot about it can we have a can we have a chat and I think this is this is getting to the right direction it's not quite there so if you have other ideas just <laughs> tell me what you think but it's it's getting somewhere no i like it i think it's a really really good approach and to add to that as well i think sometimes as designers we need to use our processes to communicate in the language that our audiences understand best right and what i mean by that is that if we're talking about design or trying to encourage or um not encourage but trying to kind of educate others on design and our processes and the benefits and the value that it brings. If we're talking to say a product design and a product manager, they probably are a little bit closer to us. So we can speak to them in the way that we speak to designers, right? In the, sen in the sense that we can be, the conversation can be very user focused and they understand it because like I said, we're very close um, in profession. But when it comes to maybe stakeholders who are not that close, of course, there is value in speaking to them in that way. But I think we also need to understand what are they interested in, right? Like, is it is it the bottom line? Okay, that's fine. How can we use the process to communicate to them in that way? Like, if we do this and we do this, then this is what happens. This is the outcome. And I think sometimes we fall short of, um, we explain the process and obviously the users, and then we kind of stop there. And we don't go that little bit further to explain to them, okay, but if we do all of this, this is the potential outcome for the bottom line, or this is how this process can contribute to the bottom line. And I think we just have to be smart and strategic around how we communicate to different people because not everybody understands it in the same way. Yeah. And, you know, some, some, um, some uh, people just want to understand the process. They're just super curious. Like, how does it work? You know, what kind of things are you talking to users about? How do you determine what the priorities are, you know, these kind of things. Whereas other, others might want to know, okay, I get all of that stuff, but how does it contribute to the bottom line? You know, <laughs> how do we make more money? And I think if we have that in our mind and we remain open-minded and we learn how to adapt, I think speaking to people in a way that they understand also helps build relationships and helps build that trust as well because they can, they can get behind it because they, they understand what it is we're communicating to them. So I think that adds to what you were saying to help create that stronger 
kind of um, I guess relationship yeah yeah at the end of the day it's all about relationships right um, people need to trust what you're doing people need to see your work and especially like we, we, we said that already but especially what the challenges of remote working is that people actually don't see what you're what you're doing don't see the value of your work um, so you kind of have to show them bring them along the way completely agree bring them along the journey right that's like design 101 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring them along the journey give how would you call it help them make it make it easy for them to buy into what you're doing and the best way to do it is um yeah bring them along if somebody feels part of the process then it's it's very easy to convince them isn't it like when people haven't been part of the process and everything just feels brand new they don't have the full context then that's when you potentially get a little bit of trouble and a little bit of friction. Yeah. And I think uh, you made you made a very good point which is uh you have to speak um you have to speak to people using their own language. Um and you know designers are supposed to be quite good at that because we are supposed to be close to users uh and and be empathetic with them and bring the user's voice to to the rest of the team. Sometimes we need to pay extra attention um, and also think about our teammates as, as users as well of our work. Um, so, you know, the design is, yeah, of course, we do design for users, but who are the users? Sometimes also other stakeholders are the, are the users. And if they don't really understand what, what, what we are trying to communicate to them and what kind of outcome we want from them, then we, we are not doing our job properly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I, no, that's a really, really good point, because a lot of the time we only focus on our external users, but we also have internal users. Yeah. You know, and we also have to show them show them the same level of respect, right? We need to gather their requirements. Uh, we need to facilitate the processes for them as well. And yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely. Right. It's not just about the external users. It's also about the internal users, and we have to be conscious of that. And that's how we bridge the gap for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they, their needs as well. Some 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 um some designers kind of cringe a little bit when they when they hear business needs. I'm like, oh, I don't care about the business. I only care about the users." <laughs> the the thing is uh without without fulfilling business needs, there there is no business. So there is no impact that you can have on the users. Exactly. So that that's that's why you have to prioritize that as well. Obviously, if it's only business needs led, then it can lead to dark patterns. It can lead to something that we don't want to build because we are not taking into account the user needs. But if it's if it's the sweet spot when the two the two needs are well balanced, we are solving a problem for users. But we are doing by doing so, we are actually creating value for for the business. Then there would be more resources and more cool things can happen because you know you are actually driving an industry forward yeah completely agree completely agree yeah businesses have needs as well right and it's like it's very rare you come across a company like a fully like a company that has formed and and, and have said oh we have no products we just need to figure out what we're going to do it doesn't happen right you normally have something in place already yeah, and the idea is to optimize it, or you know, or improve the journey, or you know, how can we make this experience better? So it always starts with the business requirements, and then you have to validate it, and that's when the users come in. 
and then it evolves into the user requirements. But I, I completely agree with you. There are some designers who are very precious about users, rightly so, but they completely lose track of the business requirements in the process. And I think that in itself, I mean, if you if you take it, if you put it in like a just like a real world context, the business just feel left out, right? It's <laughs> like, almost like, well, what about our needs? Like, it's just. Do we not matter? <laughs> do, yeah. <laughs> do you not care about us? You know, I think, um, and I always say to this, uh, my, I guess my uh, fellow designers and colleagues, I always say, look, our job is to facilitate. That's our jobs. We're supposed to bring people together. We're supposed to understand what everybody's thinking and then come up with something that we, we can, you know, come up with a starting point, something for us to start discovery on and potentially come up with some actionable um, items. But I think we just need to remember that we are facilitators. That's, 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 you know, design done well, it's, it's very easy. Like our jobs, if it's done properly, is is very, very, very easy. But I think sometimes we overcomplicate it a little bit um, and we lose sight of, you know, the, the main reason why we're there. Yeah, I, lo- I love that definition, actually. I think uh, we reached the peak of, of our episode by saying that <laughs> we are facilitator. Um, we really are. And I think, uh, yeah, you're totally right when you say that our role is um, to to bring people together. Everyone is a designer, you know, um, developers who code, they code and they make design decisions when they write a line of code. Um, exactly. And every, everyone in the, in, the, in the company, when they take a decision, they also, they take a design decision. It's, you know, they define how a service or product will look like in the, in the future. Um, and your role there is actually to coordinate that. You're some sort of a orchestra director. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if yeah, it makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah, completely. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. We are we are the ones with wave, waving the batons, right? Trying to make sure that the music plays in time and everyone's on. DJs. Know, the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. It makes it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. And I think. You know, like it's all of these things combined just to bring it back to UX maturity is these are the things that kind of also kind of shows you how mature a team is because within a team you should have designers kind of doing these things on an individual level um, and then that kind of helps brings it brings like visibility to the valuable kind of input that the design as a function has you know um, to the company or what they add to the company um, but yeah, when I said autonomy earlier on, designers should be able to like understand that, yeah, we are facilitators. We're here to bring everyone together. We're here to understand the requirements. We're here to ensure that we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. And we're here to ultimately ensure that the user has an amazing experience. But it starts with the, um, the business. The best designers are the ones who are able to manage both business expectations and user expectations not the ones that only fulfill user expectations. Because <laughs> if you're only fulfilling user expectations, then it, it does, it will cause a problem at some point. Even if on the other side, on the business side, it's just stakeholder management, you still have to do something on that side too. And I think these, the best designers are the ones that understand that very well and can manage um, to keep the balance. So basically like you, Leo. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we can close on this sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Man, that was good.
if you're if you are interested to learn more about these and a, a lot of other topics that are all part of UX maturity, make sure to follow us. Yeah, exactly. Don't miss out. There's lots of content on its on the way. <laughs> and we're just having fun. We're having good conversations around things that we enjoy and things that we do on a day to day. Um, and we just want to share that with everybody. Um, I do have a question for you, Leo, as well. Actually. Yes. Um, so obviously I've, I've listened to a few podcasts myself, you know, watched lots of videos on UX and maturity and all these things. And one thing I think would, that would be really useful is like uh, if we were able to touch on the one thing that someone can take away with them today and start implementing and to kind of help improve the level of maturity within their team or the organization. From your perspective, what, what would you say that one thing is? Like if somebody can say, yep, I've heard everything you guys have said. This is the one thing I, you know, I can take away to go and actually yeah, just implement it tomorrow and start seeing results. What would that thing be? Yeah, I think adopting, I think you made a great point on, uh, on being facilitators. I think adopting that mindset um, and kind of switching from, I'm not actually only delivering my, my designs, um, working with my cross-functional team and facilitating the team to, um, to be aware of the design decisions that we are taking. I think only think, you know, just, just thinking in that new mindset will, will help drive change in the long run. What would you, what would you take with you? Um, Ooh, I, I would probably say that um, for designers who are very keen on improving the maturity within their team, you almost have to treat it like a project. It doesn't just happen. You have to plan it and then you have to be strategic. You have to use, you know, design thinking, right? It's, you have to it's treat design it like project. a project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Treat it like a design project and understand, you know, the requirements, the people that you're dealing with, i.e. your users. Um, what success looks like for you, because it might be different for, for different people, you know, and yeah, just basically treat it like a process and try to go through the, the, the similar, you know, steps that you go through when creating a product and see what comes out of the, on the other side. So I think, yeah, feel free to experiment in that way. All right. Thank you, Stephen. This was the <laughs> first episode of UX Maturity and just stay tuned. Absolutely. And thank you, Leo. Really appreciate the conversation some really good insights every time we talk i always learn something from you so really appreciate it all right then speak soon see ya